Is it possible to give constructive criticism? No. And in today's episode, we are going to tell you why that is and what you can do about it. We're your hosts, Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And this is the Nick Smith Podcast. You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Hey, welcome back. So uh, first off, we need to address the elephant in the room. Yes, Kylie Joe. Elephant in the room? Yes, Kylie Joe is playing with Thinking Putty. I know that's the one thing that you're all noticing right now. Yes. Um, no, I got my regalia on, y'all. Yes. He um, looks good too. Well, you know, I do what I, I clean up a little bit. <laughs> you know, a little, I don't even have a tie on, but I can. <laughs> the hard part with the regalia is doing this number here. I feel like I have bangs <laughs> in my face. I'm like, excuse me, hello. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, just recently completed my master's of divinity program, Woo! but I. I Sorry, know. that's what I would have done if there would have been an actual ceremony where I could have gone. and Right. So followed. the whole ceremony was online. Um, I mean, people could go that were graduating, mm -hmm. but family or friends couldn't attend. Um, and so I decided to stay and work because Kylie Jo is my only co-worker. And so had I left, it would have left her high and dry. And so since she couldn't go anyway to visit and see the graduation, I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to go. So we celebrated by watching it after we were... About to go to bed. That's right. It's about and in our PJs. And that was it. Eating ice cream. That eating was also part of it. Yep. Um, That's how but we celebrated. This is how I celebrate with y'all because I haven't got a chance to wear my regalia yet, and yes. so I'm rocking it right now. Yes, and we're just going for to. You. We will share um, Nick's graduation photos with you. You're gonna love it. It's gonna be wonderful. We got a great, Totes great profesh. deal on some <laughs> some uh, graduation photos. So just make sure you're uh, following us on Instagram mm -hmm. and on Facebook. Yep. And you'll get to see those. All right. Well, let's jump into the issue of criticism. So mm. um, criticism is a hard thing to, to navigate. Uh, we're not really taught how to do it well, uh, how yeah. to criticize or how to receive criticism well. Yes. And, well, and there's these, like, we throw other words in front of criticism, try and make it seem less critical. Critiquing. Like, or yeah, or we change it like, oh, it's, it's a critique. It's not, I'm not criticizing, I'm, I'm critiquing your work. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or constructive criticism. Like mm -hmm. make sure, and that's one thing in professional settings, like make sure you're giving constructive criticism. And at the same time that we use those terms, I sometimes don't feel like we're even changing the criticizing at all. No, we're, we're not just we're saying just, it's constructive. Like, you know, it's just a critique, you know, I mean, it's just, it's garbage, but that's a critique. Based what on you're my doing expertise. is ridiculously stupid. I'm just, it's constructive just criticism. criticism. I want you to do better. Or and we'll so, sandwich it like, hey, this thing is really good. Critical thing. And this thing is really good. And we'll say that's constructive criticism when that's really not any I mean, more helpful. Yeah, it's, and it's hard for us when you don't understand how, like, honestly, even the word criticism, because it's used so much, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of been replaced by judging. Like, you can't judge me. But it used oh, to be like, yeah. you can't criticize. You're being, you're criticizing yeah. me and that's criticism. Mm -hmm. But like when you actually go to the definition, so I, I pulled it up, y'all. I know how to work the internet and everything. Because you got that master. Because that's what. That's one of the first things. One of the first me, things they me. teach you. Little All right, if you're gonna get that, flip. If you're gonna get the nice robe. <laughs> you're gonna have to know how to Google. Got it. That's ninety nine percent of. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and so here, let me pull it up. Okay. So, uh, criticism. Oh, it moved. There we go. Okay. Criticism is the expression of disapproval of mm. someone or something based on 
perceived faults or mistakes. Oh my gosh. So when you're talking about giving constructive criticism, what you're saying is I want to build you up by uh, expressing my disapproval uh, about you or something that you've done based on its faults or even a mistake. I want to show you that I disapprove of you or your things that you're doing. Um, And hopefully that makes you do better. Yeah. And that's done a lot in professional settings. I think that that like even building you up to, or I build you up by tearing you down. Yeah, tear um, you is, down and build you up. Yeah, it's, motto. it's like the military does it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of organizations do it when there's like a specific way things should be done. Mm-hmm. That maybe people will come into that environment having other methodology. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, okay, you can do it that way, but I'm gonna teach you by basically criticizing the way you've done it to where you won't want to do it that way anymore. Yeah, and a lot of times it's punitive as well, yeah. where you'll get punished for doing things a certain way when maybe you you were never taught like, oh, well, this is the way you're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's definitely been some professionalism added into this where it's like accepted in professional environments to criticize people. And I think there was a period of time in our nation's history in particular where that may have been helpful, Mm. where people were like certain industries were just coming of age and certain things were just becoming mainstream even Yeah, where it's like, all right, so like you, you haven't really seen how this is done. We're going to, we're going to go ahead and teach you by, by like discourage you discouraging you from doing it a different way which i think there's a difference between um pointing out something that someone does wrong right because Mm -hmm. what people are going to say i don't know if they are not but in my mind what people are going to say is uh like well people are just too sensitive and because people are too sensitive you can't say anything to anyone because they get offended Mm. and that may be partially true right snowflakes there may be a hypersensitivity in certain areas um but it's not 100% 100% on the person receiving the, the criticism mm-hmm. that, that this uh, issue arises because we haven't been taught how to engage and point out issues with people without uh, attacking them. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of times we're, we're taught and even from a very early age, right? We're, there's this really um, good video that Kylie Joe shared with me and I, I forgot who it was, but uh, the gentleman was talking about in parenting how um, you have to not criticize mm-hmm. a child's essence is what he's his wording but basically yeah, who they like are who they are yeah um instead you help them to come up with better tactics and you criticize their, the their strategy t- the strategy mm-hmm. thank you and i think that has been lost where we we don't separate the who from the do which yeah. is something you've heard us say before um we don't separate that when we criticize a lot of times we attack a person uh, a person's methods by attacking the person yeah right well it's so it's no it's no longer just hey, um, the way you're doing that isn't actually helpful for this thing. It turns into, why are you doing it that way? Oh my gosh, that's, that's not a good way to do it. Who yeah. taught you to do that? Where did you learn that? Why would you think that's okay? Yep. Why We've, would you think that's, that's like, definitely a criticism on someone's like judgments, like yeah. their ability to judge something. Yeah. And you don't realize when you're doing that, it, the reason people can feel hypersensitive to something like that, to a, a criticism that's given in that way mm-hmm. is because maybe the way that they've done that is based on something they were taught by someone that they valued. That's right. It's based on a relationship they had. And so, yeah, their, their method may be completely off from what you think it should be. You don't understand the history behind that. And so now you, you've shifted from just addressing the method Mm -hmm. to now, Oh my gosh, like now you're, now you're making fun of Nana. Like basically (laughs) now, now you've, you've crossed the line. Yeah. And so, and, and especially in populations that are at risk Mm -hmm. and populations that are, um, I would say underserved mm-hmm. and tend to be on the lower socioeconomic um, end. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're attacking things about 
entire people groups that you may not realize or cultural identity that you may not realize simply from your, um, your perspective. And I think it's interesting that in the, even in the definition, it says it's, it's based on a perceived fault or mistake. And how often culturally do we perceive that something is taboo or wrong? And I'm not, I'm not speaking about the things that are like amoral or immoral or ethical. I'm speaking about like just preferential things. And we look at it and we start to say, Oh my gosh, I can't believe Oh my God. Yeah. Why would they, how, how could they not realizing like that's their culture? Yeah. And honestly with criticism, like what you were just saying, like the, how could they most of the time when people are criticizing, they're trying to criticize a thing. It's, it's rarely to a person's face. I found it's mm. normally criticizing a thing, expecting everyone to agree with them because oh, yeah. most people aren't. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> exactly. Most people aren't so bold with their criticism when they're in a room of opposition mm. or if they know they're mm-hmm. in a room with people that aren't going to agree with them. Yeah. And so, um, this idea of like like perceived faults, a lot of times it it gets shifted when you realize the person you're talking to doesn't agree with you. Mm. And I remember having a conversation with a um, a person in a, a church setting, and they were like, "Well, I, you know, people that do this, they just, you know, and that why would they even do that? The type of person that does X Y Z or that grew up X Y Z way is, I mean, they need to just do better. That's terrible." Wow. And I remember being like. I, I grew up that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, I didn't mean, I, was, I wasn't saying you. I was, I, and, and what happens is because they're making a judgment statement or a value statement outside of relationship. Mm-hmm. They're making an observation or they think is an observation yeah. um, when really it's a bias statement um, that is critical, that is uh, expressing their disapproval of something, mm-hmm. um, but it's not based in reality of relationship. Yeah. And that's yeah. different from pointing out an actual fault, like, if yeah. you have a job where someone's like supposed to screw bolts into, you know, a thing and they miss one, you're like, hey, you missed a thing. Yeah. That's not criticism. I'm right. not expressing my disapproval based on a perceived fault. I'm saying, hey, the thing you're supposed to do, you missed. That's yeah, you a put checks- that in the wrong hole. Yeah, that's the checks and balances, yeah. right? Like that's simple. You can do you can do things like that without it being considered criticism. Mm-hmm. When it starts to be personal, lacking relationship, mm-hmm. then you're criticizing. Yeah. Um, you're t- and sometimes even with relationship, but when you're, there's that personal disapproval of like, I can't, b- the gall, the unmitigated, <laughs> how dare you? Right. You know, when you get well, that attitude, yeah. criticism. And exasperation. Mm-hmm. Exasperation at someone's uh, method of doing something or even um, someone's finished work, like the exasperation that comes, I think is an indicator that you're, you're being critical. You're mm-hmm. not looking to correct or teach or any of those things. And I think it's so interesting that beca- I think it's because we've had so much negative criticism mm-hmm. and we have so much, and it's even harder now because we've gone through a season of COVID where things were, had to be virtual and remote. Yep. We didn't even have that interaction. I mean, there is an entire generation of students who started their first experience with school. Wow. It was all virtual. They didn't even That's get crazy. to have a teacher. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And so can you imagine trying to wow. teach people things like social studies, history, science, uh, music, any of that all on virtual and you don't even get to form that like actual bonding relationship. Yeah. And so I think because of all of these factors um, mixed together, we now have a hypersensitive culture to where even saying the word no, I've experienced this, mm-hmm. even saying the word no is so it's viewed as criticism. It's viewed as a personal attack because you won't let me have what I want. And, and I don't because think it's seen as a rejection of who I am. Yes. And I don't think this is, is just this generation or that generation as far as age goes. I don't mm-hmm. think this is a zoomer thing or a millennial thing. I think this is across the board, the, 
the culture we live in, the, mm-hmm. the large culture we live in, that anything that does not validate me, mm-hmm. now I take it as criticism and now I take this as an attack. And so it doesn't matter. You could be doing something dead wrong. Mm-hmm. And actually need someone to correct you because of your safety or because this thing is, it's going to compromise the thing that you're doing. Um, And someone may be right in telling you like, Hey, that's not the way we do it. But because of the hypersensitive culture that's been accepted now, we, we won't even accept like basic teaching. And I think this is where the, the answer to that question, like, no, I I don't think we can do constructive criticism anymore. When I think going along with that, I think it's, it's both. And I think the hypersensitivity is there. But also, um, because we live in an internet society mm. where you think you can jump on anyone's timeline and just attack or comment or criticize. Or help um, teach. Yeah, and like <laughs> if you're, you may be saying something that's correct, um, but you can say something right with the wrong motive yep. and still be wrong. And so, um, yes, there is a hypersensitivity at times, but there's also a, a whole bunch of folks that think it's their responsibility to jump in and mm. be the 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 police for everyone else yep and so i think there's it's both and and Mm -hmm. so this idea of like can you constructively criticize we're just going to blanketly say no um because it's being done criticism is being done outside of relationship because those people that are super sensitive that when you tell them no Mm -hmm. they get all like bent out of shape and butt hurt yeah like they will receive a no from someone yes and they'll receive it well it's normally from someone that they trust that they Mm -hmm. respect someone they have relationship with. Mm-hmm. And so um, as a believer, we have to look at when you're like trying to point out a flaw in someone's life. Uh, first off, why are you so focused on that? But that's a whole other issue. Um, but if you're in that position of like seeing someone going down the wrong road, right. Mm-hmm. And you need to, you feel a need to instruct or to, to step in. Um, does God criticize us when we're in that Come point? on. And honestly, like, that question kept coming up for me when we were like talking about this. I was mm-hmm. like, does God deal with us according to our faults? Like, I think I that. really, yeah. I'm like, I really have some word <laughs> in my spirit that comes up. That's like, no, 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 that's, that's not, that's actually, he deals with us according to his great love and that's his right. mercy. That's right. And like, if we really, as believers who are supposed to live counterculturally mm-hmm. to the world, yeah. if we step back and say, okay, wait a second, criticism says that I'm supposed to, look at these things based on perceived faults and mistakes. If the gospel that I live under actually treats me differently than that. Yes. So then how can I treat people according to this law mm-hmm. when I'm under this grace? Yeah. I mean, and there's the parable that Jesus said about the, um, the ungrateful servant, right? Mm-hmm. When he was forgiven of his debt, Come on. but then he was uh, basically choking Stingy. the dude out when the other dude owed him. Right. So like we operate in that a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And so as, as a believer, we have to look at how, how does God, um, correct his people? Yeah. Right. And the word that comes up over and over and over and over, especially throughout the new Testament is the word, um, disciple. Like God is about, and in old Testament, you talk about discipline mm. and they have the same root word. You're talking about, um, teaching. not, yeah, it's about teaching. It's not about punishing. It's not about criticizing. Mm. It's about teaching. And, um, Kylie Joe has called me on this a lot because of the way that, um, my worldview was formed was a lot of uh, instruction being kind of barked at someone. And like when you don't get it, like the person teaching or quote unquote teaching (laughs) doesn't really respond in a, okay, well, we'll do better. It's like, just do the thing I told you to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But with our children, we have like Kylie Joe and I have had to have the conversation of like, 
what's the outcome? Like, do you want them to just obey your, your words or do you want them to learn something? Yeah, is, is compliance the goal? Yeah. Or is, uh, from sorry, from I wasn't me. saying yeah. Like, yeah, of course it is. Uh, yeah, compliance. Yeah, only to me. Just listen, listen to, to authority figures. Don't ever question anything. <laughs> the government's always right. Duh, that's what we're teaching them. <laughs> Hopefully we're modeling that well. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, like, I think it's important that we, we teach them to trust. That, that for me has always been for us, for, trust for us, us yeah. to trust us. We want our children to trust us because honestly, growing up, I remember I didn't want to listen to adults that I didn't trust. Yeah. I still I, don't want to listen to adults I don't trust. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It's I don't want to listen. Yeah. If I'm like, oh, I'm not going to listen. Yeah, I sure. Okay. Kids just kind of nod and yeah. smile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But really for what you said is a thing. You yeah, said a and thing. And it, it's not just children. We, we are, we are all children of our, our father, our creator. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's an element of, I have to trust him to learn from him. Mm, I have yeah. to sit. If I'm going to sit at his feet, I have to be willing to submit myself physically and emotionally and spiritually yeah. to his leadership. And it's the same when it comes to instructing other people and teaching yeah. people. We have to build that trust. God extended so much to us mm-hmm. in that, in Christ, that we would trust him, that we would obey and believe what he is saying. Yeah. And he proved himself over and over and over again. And I'm not saying we have to take on this, um, this martyr mentality of like, what can I do to make you trust me? And how much more can I give? No, that's, that's codependency and it's not helpful. No, but, but what do you do, um, to help people to want to learn from you? When I think taking God's, um, example in Jesus Christ, right. Um, every time Jesus taught someone, like every time he instructed or told someone to, uh, step away from sin, right. I think of the woman caught in adultery. Um, he didn't just like yell at her and be like, and like hit her in, upside the head and then be like, all right, I could kill you, but I'm not going to. Now <laughs> That's my go. mercy. You, you respect this. <laughs> um, no, like he, he extended grace first mm. and he said, okay, listen, I'm going to, or I guess mercy, mm. I'm going to withhold the judgment that you rightly deserve because I want you to know that I have the authority to, to mm-hmm. like execute. I'm not going to. Um, but now that you've received this goodness, now go and sin no more. Yeah. Like he didn't lead with punishment and people always, always, not also, people always bring up the Old Testament and they say things like, well, the God of the Old Testament was just so full of wrath and man, Jesus, like, like God brought them through the Red Sea first. Mm-hmm. He fed them first. He freed them from, from, um, oh, slavery. Thank you. I was like, <laughs> what was that thing? I wanted to say thing he freed where they them had from to salvation, work all the time. No. They were under <laughs> oppressive rulers What's what was that, that called? called he freed them from slavery um first before he ever gave them the law that they might know that's right i made you hunger and so, thirst in the desert yeah that you might know there's a reason that god did the things he did yeah there's there was a method to what he was doing that his people might know and trust that he is god that he that's is right. their sustainer he is their portion he is their provider and then when they knew that and everything and it's crazy anytime that they they disobeyed and they went off and the mm-hmm. prophets would be like didn't God do all the, don't you remember? And he would bring yeah. him back. Don't you remember what he did? Don't all you the who, good things God has done yes, for you. And like, we can trust him, right? Because he's done these things. Yeah. And the people would believe for a little bit, then they'd go off on their own thing. But I, I do believe there's an element of building trust with mm-hmm. people when we're teaching them. Yeah. And it's not through just giving them a bunch of stuff. It's not through Come validating on. and just showering compliments and never, ever pointing out anything bad because Jesus also, um, with the woman at the well, mm-hmm. I think that's a really great example. He's coming to her and he's bringing truth and she's like, Oh, you're a prophet. Okay. And he's like, listen, you don't know nothing about what you're talking about. I'm yeah. gonna tell you what the truth is. I'm gonna tell you about. And then at the end of it, 
he doesn't mince words with her. Mm-mm. He's like, go get your husband. He's like, what? Since you, you're feeling so sweet. Since you, since you, since you, since you go, and, he's, and he's like, I, I know the truth about you. And what did she <laughs> say when she goes away? She's like, come and, come and see this man who's told me everything about myself. Yeah. So there's a trust there yeah. with identity. Like he knows who I am. He, and he talked to me the whole time knowing all this stuff about me. And yet, and like there, there's trust that gets built in those conversations and, and in accepting people. I need to add and a little it, something uh, in there. Go ahead. Because um, <laughs> I felt in my spirit that somebody's <laughs> listening to this and they're saying, oh, so I can just go tell people all about themselves oh, and they're going to trust me. No. No. Like, don't do that. Jesus do was that. perfect and he knew how she needed to receive <laughs> The word from him because he was God. Yes. You are not God. A yes. lot of times we want to be that person that's like, well, I'm going to tell them all about themselves. Maybe you're not the person to speak to them. Maybe they're not going to hear it from you. Mm-mm. Like Jesus knew that they would, that um, the woman at the well would hear the truth from him mm-hmm. because he brought perfect truth and perfect love. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you're hearing this and you're like, oh man, you know, Nick Smith podcast said that I could go ahead and just tell people all about themselves and then they'll love me and they'll trust me. No, negative. No, That's not no, how this works. No, no. Um, you have to, it. I, again, I think it goes back to relationship. Jesus knew how to relate to this woman. Yeah. And he didn't take this moment to lambast her and to just put her all out there on front street and be like, listen, you know, don't nobody love you. You're ugly. You smell funny. Your shoes dusty. Like he, he ain't paid your bills. He ain't paid your bills. He wasn't saying none of that. He was like, listen, I'm trying to give you living water, but yeah. first I've got to get all this other stuff out of the way. You don't even know you're thirsty. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so in that situation, uh, Jesus was able to, to speak that truth to her, but yeah. it still came from a relationship because he was willing to speak to her in public. He was willing mm-hmm. to engage with her at the well. He even asked her for something instead of demanding or instead of thinking he had to just give her water. Yeah. Like he put himself in a position to serve her. Yeah. And that built a relationship. And yeah. so even that was from relationship. That's good. So I want to tell a story about accepting things that are difficult to accept. Um, so there was, a, there was a moment a couple of rotations ago. We got a phone call. We were um, in a student home. We were expecting to be in that student home for like three nights or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we were super excited. Had our little apartment, our little hotel apartment all set up with our kids, sleeping bags and everything. Mm-hmm. Get a phone call from our supervisor. And our supervisor um, starts the conversation out. He says, hey. Mrs. Smith, how are you doing today? I was like, oh, I'm good. Thanks. What's, what's going on? Anytime your supervisor calls, you're like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> even though, even though I knew I didn't do anything wrong, I was yeah. like, did I do something wrong? I don't know it. Um, but he goes, hey, I really need your help with something. Mm. Can you help me figure this out? And I was like, uh, okay, sure. Again, I'm still thinking like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Like, can you help me figure out why you filed this paperwork wrong? <laughs> um, but no, he was like, hey, uh, we have a student home that actually we're going to need you guys to go there for 10 days or nine days, it's going to take you past your normal uh, schedule, like past your 12 days. You'll be on for 15 days. Um, but per the contract, you know, he, he went through all that. He's like, but I just need your help in, in figuring this out. I need you guys to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you able to do that? Yeah. Yes, of course. Like, first of all, I know it's our job. If we're asked to go somewhere, we don't really, we're not supposed to contest it. We don't need to like argue, make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Um, but just the way he approached it, can you help me with something? I was, I was immediately willing to submit to whatever it was. I was like, well, yeah, I'm willing to help. Like there's a problem and I want to help fix it. I think like what you said about Jesus asking the woman for something. Mm -hmm. When we're in a position of authority or leadership and we're teaching other people, the last thing most people will expect is for us to want something from them or ask them for their help. Yeah. Ask for their advice, their input. Yeah. Yeah. 
and ask for their perspective. And I will say even working with students, especially mm-hmm. middle school, that the age, that, that specific generation, oftentimes the identity that's expressed is that nobody wants to hear from us. Nobody yeah. cares what we think. And so the greatest power I think we have in, in the position that we have in, in, in this company is what, what would you do? How would you do that? Yeah. And like turning it back, not just in the sense of like, well, how would you have done that differently? But like, what's your perspective? What do you think we should have for dinner? Yeah. What would you like for dessert? It changes it to where there's, there's trust being built. Now that's mm-hmm. not saying that now the next time you go and correct that person, they're going to just, Oh, thank you so much for correcting <laughs> me because you asked for my help earlier. If only, you know, if it, only it worked but you, that way. But you build it in waves. Yeah. You know, God fed them with manna in mm-hmm. the desert. There was flakes. It was like, like that fluffy pastry stuff that you eat. It's not, he didn't feed them huge loaves of bread because they had gotten accustomed to eating huge loaves of bread in mm-hmm. Egypt. He fed them with just enough to get through the day. And that's what we have to do with building trust is like, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? Why don't you decide this? And what, what do you think about this? And can you help me with this? Yeah. And then when those moments come of like, oh, all right, we have to have a conversation because there's been some things we got we to gotta work through. Yeah. It's not this huge blow and this huge attack on someone's identity. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I think um, self-righteousness plays a lot into the, the culture of Christianity that just like blurts things out because yeah. we, we know our heart. Yeah, I can't remember right. who said it. Like we've said, um, we want to be judged by our intentions, mm-hmm. but we want to judge other people by their actions. Yeah. It's because we know our intentions. Mm-hmm. So when we say something to someone and they take offense or they are not, they don't receive it well, a lot of times they're like, well, it's their problem because mm-hmm. I knew I was just trying to help. And, and in reality, we're not called to get offended or to offend. Like we're called to simply trust and obey and mm. follow God. Like sometimes we will offend others. It will happen yeah. because the truth is offensive. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that's what we seek to do. And we also yeah. don't um, martyr ourselves or make ourselves a victim when someone um, gets offended. And mm-hmm. so, there you go. Um, and so, yeah, we have to step into the, um, the role that, that Christ calls us to, which is disciplers. Like if you are a follower of Jesus, then you are one who is called to make disciples. That's the Great Commission. And discipling is about teaching. It's not about criticizing. Amen. And teaching is, is about expressing your desire for someone to grow, mm. which is love. Like that, if yeah. I want someone else yeah. to grow, I love them. Yeah. Like I don't want people I don't love to like do, do great. I'm just like, yeah, do, do your thing, I guess. But I, <laughs> I want yeah, to focus and help this person grow. Mm, that's good. I think teaching also comes from a place of wisdom. Um, even depending on, sorry, not dependent upon what we're teaching mm-hmm. or who we're teaching. I think it comes from, um, a place of, cause wisdom is that, is that like marriage of experience and judgment, good judgment and knowledge and application, an application of that knowledge. Yeah. And, um, teaching is, is about wisdom. I think there's a lot of that in there. And like, I know that in the, in the word, there's a lot about wisdom. Mm-hmm. There's like a whole book actually about wisdom and what wisdom does. And yeah. I think it's interesting that wisdom does. Um, and yeah. God, everything that he does flows from that wisdom. It flows from the, the integrity and wisdom of his character. Amen. And, um, you know, we, we kind of in the world, in our worldly logic, we tend to take what we do mm-hmm. and put it on a resume or like, you know, list it off to people on our Facebook profile and think that that's what defines us. Yeah. Um, when in reality, for, for believers at least, we're supposed to have our identity, who we are, based on God's actions that flow from his character. Yeah. And, and that, that imparted to us through the Holy Spirit. And 
uh, I think it's as imitators of Christ, holy and dearly loved. Mm-hmm. Um, we're supposed to mirror that. We're supposed to mirror what what God's character is all about. And so, the the good news in that is that others' cr- criticism or critique of us doesn't define us. Mm, but yeah. there's also great responsibility in understanding that our criticism of other people doesn't define who they are and our yeah. ability to point out all their mistakes and faults doesn't define who they are or their potential. That's right. And um, even how we feel about our physical circumstances mm-hmm. does not determine who we are. Yeah. It's, it's just, I don't know. I think that that's something we have to really start believing in mm-hmm. this age if we are going to be successful as believers in Christ, if we're really going to make disciples of all nations, mm-hmm. I think we have to start believing that and living it out. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think that's good. And I think that wisdom, uh, the wisdom to, to act, the wisdom to disciple well, I think that rolls right into practicality. Like, yeah. Yeah. How do we practically um, deal with criticism? Um, mm. One, as someone who needs to correct others at times, but also as someone who receives criticism, as a believer yeah. who may receive uh, constructive criticism. <laughs> How do we, how do we navigate that and how, what do we practically apply? So yeah. what do, I'll, I'll start with the first one. Okay, go ahead. Cause I've said it enough during this episode. <laughs> relationship. Say it again. Relationship. <laughs> That's how you got to say it. Um, you have, you have to say everything out of relationship because yeah. um, everything that you say is filtered by the person that receives it through their relationship with you anyway. Mm. So you might as well be mindful of that. Like yeah. if you want to speak, be able to speak hard truths into someone's life, then you have to invest into that person's life. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, they're not going to hear the hard truth from you. Yeah. Um, they're going to hear words. They're going to hear it as a personal attack. They're going to hear it as whatever. But it will not be the um, discipleship moment or the teaching moment that's needed in order to deter bad behavior or to correct a path that's heading to destruction. Yeah, and I, I would kind of go a little bit deeper with that. I think it's healthy relationship and so I good I relationship. You did go deep with it. But I'm saying <laughs> it, we have relationship with many people. I got and you. like anybody... I think one of the things that I'm learning in this environment is oftentimes walking into a a student home or walking into an environment where we're there for less than 24 hours. Mm -hmm. We have that added uh, requirement, so to speak, of, well, make sure you connect with and form relationship with these students. Yeah. That's really hard in less than 24 hours. It's, it's extremely hard. And when, especially when like eight or eight to 10 of those hours are spent sleeping and we don't have any time to actually talk. Um, it's really difficult, but I think coming in with the understanding of like, okay, I can't form a lifelong bond like, and have the weight of that lifelong bond in this six hours that I have with you, mm-hmm. but I can start to sow seeds yeah. of interest, of, like, of camaraderie, of affinity, of laughter, and all those things. And there's ways you build that relationship that are uh, small at first, mm-hmm. but I think it's, it's good to start with the knowledge of like, look, especially if you're someone's boss, I'm their boss. That's the relationship you have with them and understand like, okay, they're not going to view me as their friend necessarily. And I don't have to build a friendship with them, mm-hmm. but I want them to know they can trust me. Yeah. So how can I start as their boss? How can I start building that trust in a way that's healthy and right and good for them? Yeah, it's good. That's good. Um, another thing that we hear a lot actually in our work environment, we've, you've heard it a lot in ministry. It's mm-hmm. just a great motto for life. Stop taking things personally. Yeah. And Except that, for the word of God. Take that personally. Take it very personally. Always. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes for the one being criticized as well as the one giving quote unquote constructive criticism or mm-hmm. teaching and discipling others. So when you're receiving criticism, when someone is coming to you and correcting you, mm-hmm. um, or they're trying to disciple you, they're, they're basically telling you the opposite of what you want to hear. 
Yeah. Don't take it personally. Don't take it as an attack. Even if um, someone's not operating from that right relationship, understand that they have their own baggage. They have their own issue. And most of what they're saying is coming from that place. It's not coming um, because of who you are. Wow. And then as the one giving the discipling and the teaching and trying to point out things that need correction, when someone doesn't respond favorably, when someone says like, whatever, I don't care. You always say this to me and I don't have to listen to you. And you're just this. Don't take it personally. Yeah. Because most of what they're saying comes from who they are and it's not about you. Yeah, and uh, just to add a little bit to that, I think the criticism that we're uh, apt to give to others is because of that, taking things personally. Mm-hmm. I'm upset that you're not listening to me, so now I'm going to say something a little harder yeah. to try to get your attention, or I'm going to say things a little more forceful to try to, because I'm, deep down, I'm hurt that you yep. wouldn't listen, that you wouldn't take my advice. Yeah. So now I'm going to criticize you as a person. Because which, is, which is punishment. It's punishment, it's you retaliation. Know. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, that's, I think that's very good. And one yeah. of the things you said, I just want to reiterate because I want people to hear it again. Okay. You said what people say has more to do about them than it does about you. Mm-hmm. And I think people need to, we need to understand that. Like what someone else says or does is more about where they are in their heart and specifically with their uh, place with Christ, like where they are in their peace in the Lord. Then it says anything about you. Yeah. Um, so just rehear that if you mm, heard it the first yeah, time. Yeah. Um, and then the last kind of practical thing is to really take an evaluation of your life. Are you living in the grace that God extends? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, is your identity primarily placed in this? Like, you know, I was once was lost, but now I'm found. Like God pulled me from the muck and mire. I am dead. It is Christ who lives in me. Mm-hmm. Like, are you receiving this grace and actually living loved? Because if you are, then it's going to be a lot easier to not correct, but to disciple others. Yeah. And when you look at your life, are you, are you living as though God disciplines you through his love, mm-hmm. not according to whether or not you do things perfectly? Mm, that's a good way to put it. I like that. Like, it's really hard because we want, you know, and the word says, be perfect as I am perfect. But that's not talking about doing things in a way that is flawless. It's not talking about keeping it's your house immaculate. It's not, yeah, it's not talking earning about that. salvation, yeah. Um, or, or earning God's love for you. That's right. Because you cannot, you cannot earn it. You cannot lose it. It's there. Listen, period. You, you right now, listen to that. Period. And so when we start to step away from the grace or, or trying to step outside of the grace and start trying to earn it and trying mm-hmm. to prove something, we make ourselves vulnerable to taking things personally. Yep. We make ourselves vulnerable to not having a relationship because now everything's based on that list and those requirements that I have for other people and for me because that's what I have with the Lord. Come on. You have to step away from that because how you interact and engage with the Lord in your relationship, that will affect every single relationship in your life. It'll affect the way that you treat everyone. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he says, first, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself because right. you can't do the second part if you don't do the first part. And so Amen. Uh, I think these are some great like initial starting places for how do we teach people? How do we disciple them? How do we engage? And, and I think eventually we'll move back to being able to receive and give constructive criticism. But I think right now as, as believers, we have to shift away from even that language because yeah. we don't need criticism in the kingdom. Come on. We don't need any more. Yeah. We got plenty of it. And the enemy is ripe with criticism. Come on. What we need is Godly, spirit-filled, word-informed teaching and discipleship. That's Amen. what we need. And so we're going to go deeper with our inner circle on this you know topic. We're going to talk about um, some more practical insight. We're going to actually share some like 
things we've been going through in our mm-hmm. own walk that have kind of taught us these things that we've been able to share with you. And so if you want to be a part of that, if you want to join the inner circle, you can do it for as little as $2 a month. You can pay up front for the whole year. You can pay $2 a month for the next <laughs> however many months however in the year. How many months you want to be. Um, and it goes up from there. We have folks uh, in different tiers. So please consider joining at patreon.com slash Nick Smith podcast so you can be a part of what is going on in the inner circle. And if you've enjoyed this episode, if you've gotten value from this, please share it with somebody. Please subscribe. Please um, let somebody know about the Nick Smith podcast. Yes, this has been the Nick Smith podcast. We hope you've gotten a dose of real life. No myth. Be blessed. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us, and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.